0: I'm going to be preaching about mystery, mysteries. There's a lot of mysteries that the Bible talks about, a lot of mystery that we're going to have to deal with, accommodate, and relate properly to as we grow in God, both in the kingdom of God and in the kingdoms of this world. We always deal with things that are mysteries to us, and how we deal with them is a lot more important than you might suspect. Basically, uh, you know, there are two realms of mystery. One is the kingdom of God, mysteries of the kingdom of God, and there's another realm of mysteries that would be the kingdoms of this world. And so essentially, the word mystery, if you look at it in the Webster's Dictionary first, uh, which would give you a secular definition, uh, a worldly definition. It simply means uh, there is no understanding. A mystery exists because you don't have understanding about something in particular that you're dealing with, so it's a mystery to you. That's the way uh, the word is used in a secular sense. The definition we find of the word mysterion in the Greek Used of the kingdom of God is different. And I'll get to that in a moment. But, uh, you know, the mysteries that we deal with that exist in each arena and that relate to the kingdom of God, the unseen realm, the spiritual realm, and the mysteries that relate to the daily affairs of our life in this world, things that we don't understand, uh, become the primary defining consideration of what kind of life we live, how successful we are, how blessed we are, how you know, uh, we grow in the will or purpose or blessing of God, the contentment and fulfillment and joy, it really depends on how we handle the question of the unknown or mysteries, things that we don't understand. In the world, those mysteries can primarily be categorized In two ways, the things that we don't understand that are mysteries to us in the world would first relate in this physical creation, this natural physical universe, things that science hasn't yet uncovered, that's still in the realm of the unknown, or it's a mystery, it is a place where there is no understanding, and that extends to everything in that natural arena. Uh, from the medical field to uh, astrophysics, astrophysics and the, the matters of universal consideration, from the smallest to the largest. If science hasn't uncovered it, then, you know, we have no understanding of it yet. Hopefully someday we will, you know. Uh, and then the other arena of mystery in this natural world has to do with people and relationships. Because you can't know the heart of another man. You can't understand somebody else's motives, whether they're pure, whether they're corrupt. You can't figure out, naturally speaking, on many occasions who to trust, who not to trust, and even in the kingdom of God. You know, I hear people confuse uh, in talking about the love of God, the part of the definition that says we're to believe the best and hope the best. Uh, that That does not mean you trust everybody. You can believe the best of somebody, but not invest important information to them that you may not be able to trust them with. Well, you magnify the problem exponentially in worldly relationships. Relationships with unbelievers because the norm is to lie, to manipulate, to fudge where you can, even people that would be said to have character. The world's way and the carnal natures of man sees to this is to look after yourself. Don't tell them what you really think, what you really believe. Uh, Keep some things hidden. You don't want to, you game them a little bit, manipulate where you can. And so relationships become a question of, okay, you know, how do I know how to treat somebody, who to trust, who not to trust? Is there a way I can protect myself? Was a member of the kingdom, there is. Without, you know, the covenant promises of God, no, you're pretty much on your own. And that's a hopeless place to be. You'll never figure out anybody. Uh, but I think I'm going to talk about relationships one Sunday, uh, the mystery of relationships, and how we can address relationships in a way that's appropriate to what God says. Uh, you know, our relationships in the world. Relationships with believers are a little bit different, and we'll make the distinction between the two. But, you know, there needs to be understanding between people. Before there can be trust, before there can be progress together, striving together toward a common goal, there has to be uh, an understanding that surpasses the unknowns, the mysteries of not knowing what they really think or where their heart is. And there's a way to do that. But I'm mostly in this series going to focus on what God calls the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Because you get it right in the kingdom of God, the world takes a second seat to your progress in that arena. And so essentially, um, mysteries of the kingdom. Let's begin by taking a look at um, Mark chapter 4. We'll begin there this morning, and I like to read out of my Bible. You'll get it on your screen, but I do better looking at the page. Mysteries of the kingdom. We see in Mark chapter 4, Jesus gives his disciples the parable of the sower. Their response to that parable in verse 10 we see, When he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve, asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And I should make the point right here that in the Matthew and Luke accounts of the parable of the sower, this is uh, given to us in the plural, the mysteries, the mysteries of the kingdom. And that's the way the, the Greek should be rendered. So I'll read it that way now. Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all, the, uh, all these things are done in parables. So we see that for a believer, it is the will of God that you know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But for those that are not saved, that are not believers, it says, for them, These things are done in parables, that seeing they may see, not perceive, hearing they may hear, not understand, unless at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Then, of course, the implication is, it's given to them to know these mysteries. But prior to that, an unbeliever is never going to understand the Word of God. And so I should take a moment and say... It is a mistake to ever discuss the Bible with an unbeliever. It can only have the effect of increasing your unbelief because they have absolutely no capacity to understand the Word. It's a mystery to them. It's darkness to them. And so, you know, if you're trying to witness to somebody, get somebody saved, you don't want to discuss Scripture. There's one point of consideration. Are they saved? It is true according to the Word that every man, every human being has a place, we could call it a hole in their heart, but a a place in them that can only be filled by God. So every human being knows on some subliminal level that there's something missing. They often try to fill it with every other thing imaginable, but when the day comes that they say, oh, maybe I need to know more about the Lord. Then, of course, uh, the Bible says that they have the capacity, they have the faith to receive the Lord by virtue of the awareness of this void in their life. And it's there for all of them. I don't care how much they might argue that uh, they got no void, they're happy without God. Simply isn't true. As life progresses and they're exposed to the, the challenges that all humanity is going to face. Their awareness of something's missing here, uh, their awareness of this void within them will grow. And of course, uh, Brother Hagen calls it saving faith. That's related to uh, the capacity that every human being has to believe in the Savior, to believe in the Lord Jesus. Now after that, faith Comes by hearing the word. But everyone starts with that measure of capacity to receive the Lord. And there is that knowing on the part of everybody that something is missing in here. But of course, you know, as we begin discussing uh, the matter of who is entitled by God to know about the mysteries of the kingdom, that's believers. He says that it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. There are about ten of them uh, that I've been able to find. Uh, and I believe it is all of these ten mysteries being unveiled to your understanding that positions you to experience God's highest and God's best. But it's important that you, that you realize Well, let me give you you the Greek definition for mystery first, because it's different than the secular, than the Webster's definition I gave you, which is an absence of understanding. W.E. Vine's Expository Dictionary says this, in the New Testament, it denotes that that which being outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension, that's what mystery is. It is that which is outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension, number one. Number two, it can be made known only by divine revelation. There are many things that are mysteries that can be found out without divine revelation in the world, whether it's through science or other methods or other sources, but if it's a mystery of the kingdom of God... It can be known only by divine revelation. And number three, is made known in a manner and at a time appointed by God. A lot of times, frustration and confusion over not having understanding about something in the kingdom, there are many, many things. You know, why somebody died, they're a Christian and they were a faith person and they got sick and they died. Why? Why? We don't have an understanding of that kind of thing. We don't have an understanding about why we pray about something for perhaps years and it's never come to pass. Or why have I tithed for a year or two and the windows of heaven haven't obviously been opened into my life yet. You know, we understand then, I think it helps to understand that revelation, of course, is going to come only by the divine sources available to us, which basically is the Holy Spirit. Uh, But essentially, uh, it's going to come in a manner, meaning through a person, uh, through the preaching of the word, something you see, encounter, a manner of his choosing, and at a time deemed appropriate by him. There's a lot of revelation that we could have things that are going to remain a mystery because we're simply not ready for the revelation of that yet. I mean, one of the mysteries that we'll be discussing during the series is the mystery of His will. The will of God is a mystery to almost every believer at some point in their life to some degree. And I hear a lot of expression of frustration from people saying, you know, I prayed about the will of God for my life. I don't know where to go to school. I don't know what to study. I don't know what vocational pursuit I should, uh, uh, you know, make my priority. I don't know where to live. I don't know who to marry. The list goes on. A lot of mysteries here that uh, need to be revealed. And of course, you know, uh, the times that uh, we think this way can be a source of great frustration because, you know, I want to know these things, but God says there's a timing in the revelation that's going to come, a timing that's appropriate. He will never show anybody all of the will of God for your life at one crack. You wouldn't be able to handle it. You wouldn't know how to manage it. You'd be overwhelmed by it. So, but he will show you his unfolding will as a process of time. And you need to be comfortable in the fact that you're going to get all you need to know to succeed right now. And as you continue to grow in God, as you continue to mature in the Lord, uh, you know, He'll show you a little more here. He'll show you a little more there. You know, because there's a timing involved. And so we need to be settled that the mysteries of God in the first place uh, cannot be revealed Uh, without assistance. Number two, it has to be divine assistance. Only God uh, is able to reveal these mysteries. You know, number three, uh, as we've said, it's going to be uh, a matter of time and manner chosen by Him. And number four, to those only who are illuminated by His Spirit. Capital S. Holy Spirit. So that would say then, people that are not Spirit-filled do have the Spirit by measure. So, I mean, it takes a measure of the Spirit to experience the miracle of sanctification that we call the new birth. Uh, But you have the Spirit by measure. Therefore, you'll have revelation by measure. The capacity to be illuminated by the Holy Ghost by measure. So it would obviously serve our best interest to be Spirit-filled, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, an experience subsequent to the new birth that brings about such fullness that it actually overflows your life into the lives of others. And it's obviously better to have more of the Spirit of Revelation. The Holy Spirit's ministry to you is to reveal. As a believer, He has... Uh, a ministry of revelation to you. Now there is an empowerment spoken of in the book of Acts that defines the Holy Spirit's ministry through you to unbelievers, to enable you to preach the word or speak the word in an anointed fashion and way, uh, to see the gifts of the Spirit operate through you on their behalf to confirm the truth and validity of that word. So there's an empowerment through you for the benefit of the world around you. But the Holy Spirit's ministry to you is one of revelation. And you know, you don't want to have it just by measure when you can have His whole ministry focused on your life. So I would suggest that if you're not Spirit-filled, you give that some thought. We'll certainly be addressing this matter during membership classes next week, and we do often during the services as well. But you're not going to have mysteries revealed to you unless you've been illuminated by the Holy Spirit. He is the agent of revelation in your life. And of course, the, you know, the relationship that you have with Him and that you cultivate with Him is going to be a significant consideration in how many things you don't understand. The fewer things you don't understand about this life, the more successful your life is going to be. Understand this truth everything is possible to him who believes it, believes. All things are possible to him that believes. Jesus said, Your life is going to be unto you according to your faith. The fullness of faith cannot come without revelation. You can make a decision to believe, and you can begin the process of hearing the Word, meditating the Word, beginning to grow in faith, but the fullness of your faith cannot come without revelation. A truth that you need to know as a part of the kingdom of God, isn't going to be accessible to you until revelation comes, and then faith can come, and then progress, of course, down the path of the will of God will be made. Uh, These things could be talked about a lot longer than I have time to talk about them today, but we will get through all of these considerations before the the end of this series, which is going to be probably 10 or 12 Sundays. I'm really excited about it. But understand then that once you read this, it's given to you, to know, unto you, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean it happens automatically. You do certain things to open your life to revelation. Without doing them, revelation won't come. You have a responsibility. You know, in dealing with mysteries, it almost seems like God is withholding something from us, but don't see it that way. He hasn't hidden hidden anything from you. He's hidden it for you. Because there are forces at work uh, in in this life there would be hindrances to the unfolding will of God. That's their purpose in the unseen realm. There are things that God preserves for you uh, that are treasures to be found by you in much the same way. And this can be an exciting approach to the understanding you don't have in certain areas knowing that God is saving something for you that's great and grand, and it's a treasure that he will unveil to you when the time is right. And when you look at it this way, you can be excited about even that which you don't feel you have understanding of. And so our perspective of mystery or not understanding something, you know, has to be shaped in a way that's healthy for you, to position you for that revelation because it doesn't just fall on you. Uh, It doesn't just happen automatically. Let's take a look at Romans for a moment. Romans chapter 16. And I think uh, I'm going to go with the screens on this because I want to read this from the Amplified. We see in the Amplified rendering of Romans 16, 25, Now to him who is able to strengthen you in the faith, This is an important note to make. It says God is able, doesn't say He will. God is able to strengthen you in the faith. That's the Amplified. Uh, The King James says to establish you, to stabilize you. And if you look it up in the concordance, to set you on course. And here we see in the Amplified, it's kind of summarized by saying strengthening you. But he's only able to do it, now we have some responsibilities, so he will or can do it. <clears throat> he says, strengthen you in the faith, which is in accordance with my gospel. This is talking about, you know, the whole New Testament, actually. Don't think in terms of the four gospels. He says, my gospel is what he preached. The epistles and most of the New Testament then fall under what he taught, or the four gospels tell us. Gospel just means good news, but you're going to have to uh, understand that he can strengthen you only in accordance with the Word of God and the preaching concerning Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So you're going to have to position yourself for revelation by hearing the Word of God, whether it's reading the Word, studying the Word, sitting under the anointed preaching of the Word, you position yourself for revelation by hearing the Word of God, the good news, and in particular about Jesus Christ. And then you have a base of knowledge which is always a prerequisite for revelation. There are a lot of people that just have knowledge, no revelation, and it does them no good. But you can't have revelation without knowledge. So the first step to position ourselves for revelation is simply to uh, avail ourselves of the Word of God. And then he says, whether or not he is able to strengthen you is according to the revelation, and then parenthetically it defines that as unveiling of the mystery of the plan of redemption which was kept in silence and secret for long ages. And then he talks a little more about that. But we see this. The plan of redemption really encompasses all of the other mysteries in the kingdom of God. That's everything. God's plan of redemption. And he said you're going to need to have a revelation of that plan. If he's going to be able to strengthen you in the faith to establish you on the right course or path in life. You're going to have to hear the Word. You're going to have to hear and know who Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is. You're going to have to have that base of knowledge. But then beyond that, there has to be an unveiling of things that he says are mysteries. They're not going to be fruitful to the natural mind. Mysteries regarding the plan of redemption. Really the big deal. That's everything. The other ten uh, mysteries that the Bible refers to, I believe if we have all of them unveiled, that comprises the larger plan of redemption. We'll be talking about those, each of those mysteries over the, uh, the weeks ahead. But you can see the plan of redemption surely a mystery. Somebody that's never been saved. I mean, think about it. I mean, how... how a guy getting crucified 2,000 years ago, and they say he was raised from the dead, but how can you know that for sure? That's a big stretch, somebody being raised from the dead, but it all happened 2,000 years ago anyway. How is that supposed to affect my life now today in a way that will improve my experience of life? How do you connect those dots? The answer is you don't. It has to be unveiled to you by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's, it's, you have to know all of the things about redemption have to be revealed to you to put the pieces together. And that will happen. God will do that for you if you approach him in the way that you should and most of you probably, probably have, at least to some degree. But essentially, uh, you know, that unveiling is necessary for him to establish you and strengthen you in the faith. And so, uh, according to the revelation of the mystery, the plan of redemption, he'll show you, you know, regarding redemption, uh, your identity in Christ, he'll show you who you are in Christ, you'll begin to understand that what he is by virtue of the resurrection from the dead, you can be in all arenas of life. Now you have to believe this. But revelation gives you the ability now to move to the highest level of faith where you know that you know that you know. These are not issues that produce questions anymore. It's been unveiled to you. You know who you are in Christ. You know what your identity is. You know about substitutionary sacrifice you know how he solved the sin problem. It's revealed to you how just like life is carried in the blood, therefore death is also carried in the blood in the form of the absence of that life. So the blood has to be shed in order for life to be imparted to the beneficiary of that sacrifice. All of these things require a revelation beyond the capacity of, of your natural intellect. Yeah. It's going to have to be illumined, illuminated to you by the Spirit of God. So we can see then that it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But first of all, you're going to have to gain enough knowledge from the Word and about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to provide a basis for revelation to come. And then what? Let's look at uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. I like the King James rendering of this, but we're going to do it first in the Amplified. I like some of the terminology in the Amplified. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. And what did he pray? That he, God, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then parenthetically, revelation is defined, revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets and the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Wow. And then we see, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, the King James actually says, having the eyes of your understanding enlightened, I like that, the picture that builds better, Uh, so that you can know and understand, number one, the hope to which He has called you, number two, how rich is His glorious inheritance in the saints, His set-apart ones, and number three, Number three, number three, please. Which he exerted, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. The the King James said, the exceeding greatness of power to us who believe. So we see three things that Paul prayed for illumination, that would be unveiled to our understanding. So we can understand this, that we need to know what the Word says, but then prayer has to be involved on some level. People will be praying for you this way. God will make those assignments until you understand you can be praying for yourself this way. God says we have not because we ask not. And so you need to come to a place in your life where you ask with regularity for revelations of the things that are mysteries to you about the kingdom of God. Things you don't understand uh, about the mystery of the plan of redemption. Things you don't understand about the mystery of His will. Things you don't understand about the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Things you don't understand about the mystery of the blindness of Israel in part. Things you don't understand about the parable of the sore. That's one of the big mysteries because Jesus said, if you don't get this parable, you're not going to get any of them. Uh, As we begin to understand that we can pray for revelation of these things, revelation that God wants to give you. He said it has been given by him unto you to know these things. And it'll remove question marks. It'll remove things that the enemy can use to undermine your faith. Wow. And of course, you know, uh, one of the ones that we should be most interested in is the mystery of his will. As a matter of fact, it's right here in Ephesians as well. And I'm going to do this from the King James, but in verse 9 of this same chapter, chapter 1, we've been reading verse 16 and down. I never finished reading that. You know what? I've got to finish reading that. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. In other words, the power that's available to you if you are a believer is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And he said it took more power to do that than to create the universe. The stars are just his handiwork, but salvation took his whole arm. And he said that power is available to you that raised Jesus from the dead set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. If you're in Christ, that means you are set at the right hand of God in the heavenly places in Christ, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. He has placed you above all of the... Darkness that is in this world and that you will ever experience in Christ and hath put all things, how many things? All things under his feet. And because they're under his feet and you are in Christ, they are under your feet. I'll tell you, you need to really spend some time here and you'll begin to gain an understanding of the significance of revelation, as the Spirit of God begins to reveal these truths to you, you'll never be the same. And you won't ask anymore about God's will for your life. That's one of the most frequent questions I get. Pastor, I prayed about the will of God for my life. I don't know where to go to school, where to work, nothing. I, I just don't know. It's not happening. I'm not seeing it. Well, it says here in verse 9 of Ephesians 1, again from the King James, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. So we see this is one of the mysteries that need to be revealed to you. According to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. And then he talks about his will for the body of Christ all the way into the eternal ages to come. But this involves his will for your individual life. And he says that he's made known unto us the mystery of his will. Well, then why don't, we, why don't we know what his will is if he's made it known unto us? Well, again, the revelation comes through the illumination of the Holy Spirit. And what do we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9? I hadn't seen... Ear hadn't heard, neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. This is talking about the will of God for your life. They are mind-boggling, eye-popping things that God has prepared for you. We have such a small opinion of ourselves. We well, I didn't go to high school or finish anything but high school. Or, you know, I didn't I didn't do well. In school, I, I don't have a silver spoon. I don't have any money to to do things that other people have an opportunity to get started off doing. I know I lived my life wrong for all of these years. Now you don't know how bad I was. In prison, did drugs, did this, did that, and so this is the mentality most people have. What they know of themselves. But God said, I hadn't seen, ear hadn't heard, and neither has entered the heart of man, the things that he's prepared for you. You are a world changer and don't know it. You have so much potential in you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm 65 years old. I'm too old. Well, you're not nearly as old as me, and I'm barely getting started the way I look at it. That's the truth of the matter. You realize that Moses was 80 years old when God called him to the ministry. But the point being, let's quit putting limitations on what we might be able to do in the kingdom on the basis of what we know we used to be. That's not the real you. The real you is somebody else. The only question is, do you believe it? And you won't ever mature in your faith. In that area until it's revealed to you by the Spirit of God. And that's going to be a, a sermon that I spend a whole Sunday on. Because this is, this is the way it all begins for you. When you can start believing that you are who God says you are and have a power source available to you that He says is the same one which raised Christ from the dead. And boy, that changes your view of life and reality. It puts you on a different page, I'm telling you. And so basically, uh, we'll be getting into these other mysteries over the the, weeks ahead. Um, Lots of different mysteries. Mystery of sowing and reaping which he says is fundamental. Understanding of that, that parable, parable of the sower, is fundamental to your understanding of the way the kingdom of God functions. He says in verse 26 of Mark 4, so is the kingdom of God. As though a man should cast seed into the ground, and the seed springs and grows up, he knoweth not how. And then he uses that natural analogy to demonstrate a spiritual truth, and tells his disciples, "You got to understand this. You got, you have to have a revelation of this." I've done a series of teachings on the parable of the sore, be doing at least one more Sunday, maybe two on it. But the parable of the sore, the the uh, the mystery of the plan of redemption, the mystery of His will, both for the body of Christ and you individually, uh, the mystery of the blindness of Israel in part, the church's relationship to Israel is far more important than the current contemporary church ever ever imagined. God blesses those who bless Israel. The level, level of God's blessing in your life is going to depend on your having a revelation that he says has been a mystery. And he he gets really strong about it. He said, don't be ignorant of this mystery and wise in your own conceit. There are things we think we know because tradition has taught us a particular way that we've got to revisit and take another look at. Then he talks about the mystery of iniquity, which he says is presently at work now in the earth. We need to know what that is Iniquity, we just randomly uh, translate as sin, but actually, other translations are more to the point. It is the mystery of lawlessness. Its effect on our life now, our understanding how to deal with it, is a hugely important consideration for us. There are 10 of these mysteries that we'll be going through in the weeks ahead. And I'd like you to be excited about this. I am really excited about it because I believe every single limitation we face in elevating our experience of life and having a higher quality of life, which is consistent with God's will, not just because he loves you and you're his child, but it is how you're equipped to do, uh, to abound to every good work. That doesn't just refer to financial capacity. But I mean, if you're so covered up with needs in your own life, you can't get your eyes off yourself and be useful to God in meeting the needs of a lost and dying world. Your needs need to be met to position you uh, to do the global ministry that he has planned for us to do. Us as a church... Us is the body of Christ in America. Yes. Us is the body of Christ in the world. And you is an individual member of the body. Yes. It all depends on the level of revelation within which we operate and function. Because that describes the ceiling of your faith. And therefore will be a potential limitation to the power you have to change your life circumstance and cause it to line up with the Word of God.